Hi, y'all. This is Carrie D. from Coffee with Carrie. It's such a privilege to do this adventure we call homeschooling with you. Thank you for tuning in again and walking this homeschooling journey with us. If you're new to us, you can find us on Instagram at Coffee with Carrie Consultant or at our website, coffeewithcarrie.org. It's our prayer that our website, our homeschooling consulting services, and our podcast will help you homeschool one step at a time, one day at a time, and one cup of coffee at a time. Pour yourself a cup of coffee, put your feet up, and take a little coffee break with me. Today, we're going to talk about how to tame those math tears and math fears, both in you and in your child. Do you have a child who hates math or just doesn't seem to get it? Or do you have some form of math phobia because of your past experiences with math or because of a few former math teachers? You know, a lot of moms choose not to homeschool or they stop homeschooling around middle school because they're afraid to teach math? I, I guess we're afraid we're going to pass on our fear of math, or we won't be able to explain it. So first, let me reassure you, if you can add, subtract, multiply, do a little dividing, read and execute a recipe, balance your checkbook, use a simple calculator, and can search the web, you're equipped to teach K through 8th grade math, and you're also equipped to help your struggling high schooler through algebra and geometry. Let me tell you a little secret. I was awful in math, and I hated it. My mom and I cried at least once a week while doing math homework. I had math tutors every year. I had to stay after school to work with my teachers. I had to do extra math packets to catch up, and I even failed high school geometry. If it were not for one special math teacher, Mrs. May Brett, I would never have passed high school geometry that summer. That woman had the nerves of steel and a heart of gold. Went on to college, and then after graduating with my bachelor's in science and education, I moved to sunny California, and I prayed the entire cross-country drive Please, Lord, I'll take any job, but please don't give me middle school math. Well, you guessed it. The only job I could get was teaching math and science to junior high students. And since my teaching credential was from Louisiana, I had to go back to school to get my California credential. So while I was in that program, I had to take a course called Math Methods for Teachers. And this, friends, is where the proverbial math light bulb went on. My professors not only taught us how to teach math, but they taught us foundational math skills using hands-on materials. And do you know, for the first time in my life, I finally understood math? I understood why a fraction gets smaller when you multiply it. I finally understood how and why fractions, decimals, and percents were really just the same thing, but represented differently symbolically. I mean, my mind was blown in this class. And for the first time ever, I didn't hate math, I didn't hate going to math class, and I even didn't hate doing my math homework. I actually love this class so much, I decided to get my Master's of Arts in math education. But you know what else I noticed while I was teaching these middle schoolers math? I was a pretty good math teacher. But you know why? It wasn't because of my M.A., It was because I completely understood the kid who didn't get math. I knew exactly how she felt because I had her same frustrations. 
I knew exactly what part of the concept or processes she didn't understand, because that was me. I had been in her shoes for a very long time, so I could empathize with her and help her. And my love for math and making math fun and meaningful may have even rubbed off on some of my students who hated math. They may not have become math geniuses or entered fields where advanced math was needed, but they certainly had more confidence in themselves as mathematicians and problem solvers. So why do I tell you this little story? Well, if a math failure and a math-phobic person like me can learn to love math and learn how to help others do math, then so can you. In this podcast, we'll focus more on the K-7th, through 7th, 8th grade math students and how to use your morning time or basket time to teach math to the whole family. Yes, teaching high school math is a bit different, so that requires a completely separate podcast. However, your older students can still reap rewards by participating in your math morning time. It's never a waste of time to review foundational math skills especially when your older kids are helping the younger ones. So let's get to it. If you're not familiar with morning time or basket time, it's basically what you do first thing in the morning with your entire family. Check out our podcast, Homeschooling Essential Number 5 Morning Time, or even better, check out Pam Barnhill's website and podcast. She is a master of organizing and getting started with morning time. When my kids were younger, I always had a math component or two in our family morning time basket. After we did our devotions and we read aloud as a family and did a little bit of memory work, I always did some kind of math with the kids. I had my go-to morning time math resources and I rotated them each day or each week depending on what we were studying or how I was feeling that day. My kids still had a separate time of the day where they focused on doing math at their own level. But we always did some kind of fun math activity together as a family, first thing in the morning during our basket time. Now, I had six go-to resources that I used all the time. My first go-to was an array of math picture books. I love reading aloud to my kids, so I made sure I not only read aloud chapter books, but I tried to find read-aloud math picture books, too. And you will be surprised at how many picture books there are out there that use witty mathematical tales or clever illustrations to explain some of the most complicated math concepts in a fun and meaningful way. I'll get to some of my favorite picture books and how to use them in just a minute. Our next go-to resource was the Count Your Way Through series by Jim Haskins. I love this series. He has won for many of the major countries and continents around the world. Each book counts from numbers 1 through 10 in the country's language. The book shows how each number looks and how it's pronounced. Then, on a two-page spread, he gives an example of something in that country that can be represented by each number. For example, in your Count Your Way Through India book, the banyan tree, which is a native tree to India, is discussed on the number 1 page. The flag of India, which has two circles on it, are explained on the number 2 page. The story is told of the Taj Mahal and its four minarets on the four-page, and the five-day-long festival of lights is explained on the number five-page. I think you get the idea. Each page goes up to the number ten, has information about that country. 
We loved reading about each country this way and trying to learn how to write and say numbers in other languages, too. Another favorite go-to were the books called Mathematicians or People 2, Stories from the Lives of Great Mathematicians, Volume 1 and 2. I love these books because you learned about the people behind the great math discoveries and how they figured out what they did and what made them tick. It also really helped my kids see that great thinkers in math were just normal people too. It was a great way to tie in history, and sometimes each short biography would also explain in simple terms the math concept the mathematician invented, perfected, or discovered. My son in particular loved these books because he loves reading nonfiction books. This put a face to the math he was learning. Another favorite that we didn't discover until much later in our homeschooling was the app and website Bedtime Math. You have to get this. It has a math problem of the day that's related to some random topic like, I don't know, animals, space, food. Then they have a fun problem to solve that's related to that topic. The problem of the day has three different levels with a bonus question. So everyone in your family can participate in the problem of the day activity. And if you haven't seen or read the Life of Fred series, you need to. My daughter, who she was good at math, but she didn't particularly like it. She loved to read and loved to be read too. So she loved this series. It's not your typical math textbook. It's about a boy named Fred who's learning about math while doing everyday things and also doing some very random things. It's meant to be read aloud with a student. It isn't a consumable workbook or textbook, and the Life of Fred books usually contain about 19 lessons that are designed to take about approximately a month to complete. The Life of Fred series goes from first grade math all the way up to high school math, and there's even a Life with Fred chemistry book. And my last go-to, of course, were tons and tons of math games which also included some hands-on puzzles with tangrams and pattern blocks, too. I'll explain how I use those during morning time in just a minute. So, how do you use these math go-to items? Well, first of all, you're not going to use them all in one day. I would rotate them each day. One day, I would read a math picture book, and we talk about some of the math that was in it. Then the next day, we would play a math game or two to review our facts or computation skills. Then on another day, we would read about the life of a mathematician from the Lies of Mathematician series, or we'd read aloud about how numbers are related to countries and cultures around the world from the Count Your Way Through series. Then on another day, we would read a lesson and giggle a lot from the Life with Fred series, or we would solve a problem of the day from the Bedtime Math app. So by rotating my math go-to activities, the kids never got bored with Fred or with the games or with creative problem solving or with any of my math picture books. Check out our website, coffeewithcarry.org, for a list and links to all of the resources I mentioned in the Math Morning Time go-to list. And you'll also want to check out Read Aloud Revival with Sarah McKenzie. She also has a fabulous math picture book recommendation list. Now, let's talk about my favorite math games. There are so many math games out there, but we also had a math game go-to list. You have to get Sequence Dice. It's basically Connect Four with Addition Facts. 
Then get your hands on the games Dino Math Tracks and Uncle Piggly Wiggly's board game. They're great for learning and practicing place value. Another favorite was Farkle and Yahtzee. There's so much multiplying and adding in the scoring. And our new favorite is Go Sushi. Yes, there's also tons of math involved in the scoring. And the game 24 and the game Absolute Zero are great for order of operations and algebra and pre-algebra skills. We love Spectrangle and Totally Tut. They were great ways to practice multiplication. And older students can play a version of Scrabble, but with equations, called Equate. And middle schoolers can learn about fractions with Fraction Frapper Deck and Fraction Pizza Fun Game. Obviously, all Monopoly games are great for money skills, but get the Monopoly Deal pack of cards. The game is shorter, easier to play, and involves more math. And don't forget about spatial problem solving and logic games. Blocus game and Tangram puzzles are great for spatial problem solving. And chess, logic links, battleship, all the Ticket to Ride board games, and good old-fashioned Clue, Mastermind, and Guess Who are great logic and problem-solving games. Yes, even those board games are mathematical. And don't feel like you have to break your bank account to purchase all these games. You can play some really fun, simple, and free math games with just a deck of cards and some dice. You can play an addition version of Go Fish or a multiplication version of Battle with a deck of cards. And you can play a ton of multiplication and addition games using dice. Check out our Instagram TV at Coffee with Carrie Consultant for over a dozen tutorials on how to play different dice and card games that help you practice your math facts, computational skills, and order of operations. There's enough there to get you through a whole year of math games while you build up your math board collection. Another thing to keep in mind is you can play any board game that uses dice as a way to practice your math facts. Simply play the game the way you normally do. If your child is learning addition facts, well, you add up the two dice just like you normally would. They're practicing addition. If your child is learning his multiplication facts, then multiply the two dice. Now, most products, as you know, will be too large. 8 times 8 is 64, or 9 times 9 is 81. You can't move that many spaces on a board. So we played that if we multiplied the two dice, if the answer was 12 or less, they could move around the board as usual. But if the product was greater than 12, then they looked at the number in the ones column and they moved that number of spaces. For example, let's say I rolled an eight and an eight. I multiply eight times eight to get 64. Well, I can't move 64 spaces on the board. So I look at the number that's in the ones place. In the number 64, 4 is in the ones place, so I move my marker 4 spaces on the board. By using these rules, younger students can add the dice and move while the older students are multiplying the dice. Another thing you could do is get a decagon or dodecagon pair of dice. These are dice that have numbers 1 through 10 or 1 through 12 on them. When they use dice like these, they can really practice their addition and multiplication facts. I could spend a whole podcast on math picture books, but for now, I'll just share some of my favorite series so you can get started collecting them and reading them. 
but make sure you check back our podcast, Coffee with Carrie, for a future podcast on math story time. Okay, so my favorite math picture books. First, get any picture book written by Marilyn Burns. My favorites are the Dollar Riddle Book and the Greedy Triangle. Next, start collecting the Circumference series. They are clever picture books that explain geometric concepts such as circumference, pi, cones, angles, and area and perimeter. And now she has several books in the series that explain concepts like graphing and fractions. They're super witty, and they're filled with tons of word puns. I also love anything written and illustrated by Gregory Tang. They are great picture books for skip counting, problem solving, and multiplication. Start with his first book, The Grapes of Math. The Pigs Will Be Pig series by Amy Axelrod are hysterical and full of money, geometry, fractions, time, and graphing skills. Now for older kids, read some or all of Anno's books. Using clever tales and fabulous illustrations, he explains complicated concepts like factorials and patterns and exponential growth. If you're looking for some fun chapter books with a mathematical theme, read The Phantom Toll Booth by Jester or Homer Price by Robert McCloskey. And your high schoolers can read two fabulous math novels. One is Flatland by Edwin Abbott and The Number Devil, a Mathematical Adventure by Inzenberg. These two books will blow your teenagers' mathematical minds. If your child is stuck and can't seem to figure out a new math concept, consider just taking a break from his textbook or curriculum for a few weeks and just doing some of these fun math things during your morning time. By reading math picture books, playing some math games, and doing some fun problems with Bedtime Math or the Life with Fred series, your struggling math student will begin to see and understand math in a completely new way. Then after a few weeks, go back to your math textbook and try it again. So I think you now can see there is so much you can do during your morning basket time to explore math in a fun way and to practice math skills without those boring workbooks. Doing any of these go-to morning time math activities take about 5-10 minutes tops. Of course, you can spend more time playing more games or reading more books, but you don't have to. And hopefully, I have convinced you that even if you are afraid to teach math or your child hates doing math, there's a way that the whole family can enjoy learning math without tears and tantrums. Morning math time is a great way to tame those math tears and math fears. Thank you for hanging out with us and for joining us for this little coffee break. If this is your first time joining us, you can find us at our website, coffeewithcarry.org. We also have daily devotions and homeschooling tips at our Instagram account, coffeewithcarryconsultant. Don't forget to check out our website for links to resources mentioned in this podcast and for more articles on using games and literature books in your morning time. If you heard something you liked, then share our podcast or our Instagram and website with a friend who might need a little encouragement, or share it with a friend who might be thinking of homeschooling. We're praying for you. Stay healthy, God bless, and see you next time.